everybody. I'm back once again with Clayton and Jeff of FLFE or Focus Light Force Energy. It's been a year or two since we checked in with them and the technology has come a long way. Uh, they paired up with IONS and been doing some really amazing research to show the effects of the Focus Light Force, Light Force Energy on the fields around us. So um, without further ado, let's go to Jeff and Clayton. Hi guys, good to see you again. Hi Regina. <laughs> Good to see you, Regina. Hi, Clayton. You're up there in Nelson, and Jeff, you're where are you, Jeff? I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio, USA. Okay, so you're your home office. Good. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to do this because I was kind of a little late fiddling around with it. I'd heard about the uh, boost function that you have added on to the technology, and uh, a couple of people kept telling me about it, and I thought I need to start playing with it. So Zeus and I started playing with what is called the boost function. So first of all, anyone who doesn't know what Focus Life Force Energy is, you can go to um, my previous interview with Jeff and Clayton that's on this site um, and, and kind of get the background on it. So now we're taking it a step further. You have created a function where a person can take their baseline energy in their home and boost it up to even a higher level of consciousness for 30 minutes a day at their will or not, or not use it, right? So let's talk about it. First, who, which one wants to jump in? I'll jump in. Okay, go ahead and tell us all about how this boost functions, and then we'll have a little chat about it. Well, FLFE is activating a field at a property or around an object like a phone, and so we're then determining what's in the field or what the characteristics of the field are. So our normal level of consciousness, which means increased prana, life force energy, chi, is um, at 560. Now the boost takes the property to 600 on the Hawkins map. We're talking Dr. David Hawkins map of consciousness. And people are finding for meditation, for connection to their creative sides, for just a boost in their energy in mid-afternoon, this 600 boost has been really helpful. Yeah, you know, when I played with it, I noticed a couple of things. I noticed first that um, I, I tend to feel where energy moves in my body and in my head in particular. So I noticed that the feeling of the energy was just, this is just specific to me, everyone's different, was moving from here up here and into my scalp. And it was just kind of an up, an upswelling of kind of energy, I could feel almost like an intensification of the concentration of the energy. And then the other thing is I, since I did a shamanic uh, session with this guy from England back in 2001, I believe I've had uh, sounds in my ears, right? And it's, it's not tinnitus. It's linked to whatever's going on in the atmosphere and it changes driving through certain areas. It'll go way down or way up, but it's there all the time. And I noticed that the sound, the pitch of the sound went way up, even into that higher range, which is just I'm hearing frequencies, I think, is what's going on. So that was my experience. Meanwhile, Zeus, my husband, you both know him, is a, I call him a puzzle muncher. His brain, his brain can't get enough to work on and work out. It just needs constant fuel. So he takes puzzles, and like he's done with the 
with the New York Times crossword puzzle, you know, in, in like minutes. <laughs> and he noticed when I turned it on, he, I said, I said, well, play with it a little bit, you know, and let's see what you're experiencing. And he was noticing that the puzzles were going even faster and with Maury's, which is saying something for Zeus. Now other people have different experiences. So I want to hear about your, each of your experiences with it and kind of some of the feedback of other people, because we're all wired so differently. Well, I notice that um, my mood gets elevated right away. And I just, every time I've used it, I go into a place of joy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, just, you know, it's that next level that you, you know, we occasionally experience, but it's having almost conscious control over it by pressing a button and being present. Usually I take the time to be present. Uh, when it when it's on, so I've noticed that. You know, I've got to acclimatize to the energy because we've been in there for probably ten years, right, all the time. And our homes are, or our offices sometimes are even like five eighty, five ninety, six hundred on their own. But when we do the boost, the office or the home will go to like six twenty. So it's just it it doesn't mean it will only go to six hundred. It could go even higher. So that that's what I notice. I just I just go to the place of joy. It does. It does have that subtle sense of joy riding on top of it. I have to say, I do notice that as well. It's a wonderfully kind of softly manic place, which of course is my favorite place to be. <laughs> what about you? Softly manic. I love that. That's great. Yeah. My experience is more of connection uh, in my meditations, uh, meditations, prayer, when I'm looking for an answer for something. It seems when that, when that boost is on and I'm in that higher vibrating field, that that connection seems to open up for me in a way that I can hear more clearly or for me, it often comes through in writing so that I, that I can write something and I'm trying to, to finish a paragraph or a program for FLFE. So that's, that's what I've noticed. And what is kind of, um, what are some of the other comments coming in? I know you get a lot of uh, response from subscribers, just so people get a feel for the range of different effects on, on different individuals. Well, creativity is one. When people are uh, trying to figure something out, they'll use the boost. Meditation is uh, another one. Uh, some people have mentioned that if they have to have a, co a hard conversation, they put the boost on, it just seems to go smooth. It's like, that's been really delightful to hear. That's, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like that one. So for conflict resolution mm -hmm. um, in particular, it could be helpful. Okay, good. That's very practical. I love that. Now, another thing um, on the homepage or on your own personal page, when you go into the site, I notice is that there is the environmental consciousness boost, which is separate from the boost that we're talking about right now, this daily kind of half hour thing you can choose once a day for up to a half an hour is one thing, but what is that other, what's that other little slider about? Well, when you go to your, to your portal, customer portal, and you go to an individual property, yeah, there's a little slider down there, which we call the environmental consciousness controller actually. And it's, you can change the level of consciousness that's, that's supported, you know, at the highest level. So if you can take it up to 570, actually, with that, so you can be at a higher level, or you can go down to, say, 500. Um, so you can really feel the contrast between those those two levels. And some people, as they come on FLFE, 
they sleep better than they ever have, you know, or better than they have in years. And some people get energized to the point where they say, I'm having trouble going to sleep. So they then can drop it back down a little bit for the night until they get used to it. And then they can, they leave it up. I think that's really important to mention is that each one of us are nothing but frequencies. We're, that's what we are. And um, that signature is affected by every single thing in our lives. And so it's not automatically the best thing for someone, as you say, to ratchet it up to 570 if you've been in an environment prior to this that's been around, say, 300, 350, uh, 400. It could be very jangly and disturbing, and you really have to ratchet up to it and, and allow time for your own frequencies to start resonating with that. Maybe explain that process a little bit. And as you say, some people might be to get really high strung when it comes to sleep patterns, for example. Explain this a little bit more. Who would like to take this one? I'll start it off. Um, there's a process called acclimatization. I was recently in uh, Colorado. Now, we're about 1,300 feet above sea level here in Nelson, and we were driving through a pass that was just about 10,000 feet. So we all know that when we go into these higher elevation areas, the air is different, and the body has to acclimatize. Like when you're walking, you have a you have shorter breath. Your endurance is not quite the same. And so if you're in a, uh, uh, an environment that calibrates at 300 out of 1,000 on the Hawkins map or 400, and you go to 560, your, your whole system acclimatizes to that. And people acclimatize differently. Some people, as Jeff said, they sleep better than they've ever slept. Some, some don't sleep as well. We wanted to give people more conscious control over their experience so that they can individualize it for what works for them. Mm-hmm. We've had some people who've been, they've had a health issue for a long time, and they find that as their vibration is going up because of the extreme change in environment, and it is quite, uh, can be quite extreme depending on uh, the, the level that it's at before they put it on, mm-hmm. they find that if they just turn it down a little bit, it gives their body time to, kind of catch up and they don't have any healing crisis. They don't have any discomfort or jangliness, if you want to call it that restlessness. So that's, that's a little bit, I think Jeff can probably pick up uh, if I forgot anything. Yeah. I think the jangliness is what I'm talking about. People Mm -hmm. can experience it as jangly and think, Oh my God, it's not working. So um, yeah, go ahead and pick it up with that, Jeff. Yeah. I think it's what you said it well, this, you know, sort of softly, you know, busy, you know, it's this feeling of a lot of activity going on in the body and the system. Um, And what we've found with the nutritional side of it is that the body uh, acclimates uh, to a higher consciousness environment by building more capacity to carry light, to carry energy in the body. So the nerves, so you have this, this kind of nervous system that's not quite acclimated. So through your diet, magnesium particularly and essential fatty acids taken together help the myelin sheath to build out bigger nerves. And those bigger nerves, we believe, can carry that energy. And so it's it's a natural process. The body does it on its own. 
um, but it takes can take some time. Interesting. Okay, that there are a couple other things I want to get into that you've just triggered. Um, I interviewed a woman named Joan Walker recently, who's a channel, just a sweet, sweet woman, and uh, has been doing this many, many years. And uh, I interviewed her on, I believe, on Gaia's site. And so she was doing a live channeling, and they were talking about uh, food and what's happening to the human body because we're eating things that are dead and lacking in these essential nutrients. And they, that what they were saying was, you have to remember your light, your being is light. That, that's what these frequencies are. They're light. And when you eat foods that contain light, that have living forces in them, you, that's what feeds the body, remineralizes, allows the body to feel satisfied. As soon as you are eating the foods that have no light in them, i.e. highly processed foods, packaged foods are pretty much dead. They're lacking light for the most part, um, is when you find yourself constantly deprived. Now, this is dovetailing in with a new feature you have coming out, because I want to get back to the EMF thing. A new feature you, you have coming out like now that has to do with the, is it the absorption or usefulness of some of these, the spectrum of minerals? Please explain what this this new feature is. I'll let you start, Clayton. Sure. We're calling this new upgrade nutrient, <laughs> nutrient optimization upgrade. So what we found this summer when we did a previous upgrade, we had GI tract 2.0 and food energization 2.0. So we added extra energy to the bulk of food that we take in so that it is more light full or full of light, Regina, as you've said. And we energized the GI tract as the food was moving through the GI tract. So it took less energy from the body to digest the food. Therefore, because food's the most uh, or digestion is the most energy-consuming process of the body, uh, it allowed the body to have a lot more energy. And so we found that people in the afternoon were getting less of those lulls around 3 o'clock. There was all types of benefits happening. And then what we discovered a couple of months ago was that we can not only energize the, the food as a, as a bulk, but we can energize each nutrient in the food. Okay, okay, I'm trying to get my mind around this. So you have a program that is that is enhancing the uptake of the nutrients in the body, but also you say the properties of the nutrients in the food. So this is where people are going to be saying, how does this technology know how to find the food to begin with and how to locate that part of the body? So I know it would take days to explain the whole thing, but maybe just kind of give us some cliff notes on how this works through the field of consciousness, because we are talking about pure consciousness. We're talking about Atlantean, very new age technologies here. And you can look at it as a very simple process that is like human consciousness. So if you are praying for your food, or when we do pray over our food uh, before we eat, um, we believe there's changes that occur in the food. You know, as we're blessing the food, we may be releasing some negative energy that's there. We were adding additional positive energy. It is really the same thing that we're doing. So with the activation of the FLFE field uh, in the environment or around a phone, then we're specifying 
what goes on in that field through these programs. And they're really, they're really prayers. They're really statements, positive declarative statements that are informing the field of consciousness in that location. That's simply put. Okay. Which it's as though you're using a technologically uh, distributed mind or intention. And I think that's really what you just said. That's just the really kind of cleanest description of it for people trying to get their minds around it and understand. um, I know you guys and I know you walk your talk. And I also have had access to some kind of background information. And I, I said this kind of tongue in cheek a minute ago, but these kinds of technologies existed in the deep past and people have now come back to the planet with an array of very, very useful, beautiful, clean technologies. Fluffy's just one of them, and a profound one, but there are others as well, um, including some of the new en- uh, energy and light source technologies we're going to be going into. And I think it's just important for people to understand this isn't woo-woo. When I say new age, I mean of the new age that we're in um, technology. So I just want to put that out there because I very much appreciate that you have brought this back from very, very ancient times. So with that said, um, is there something more that you want to share about this uptake of nutrients before we get on to EMFs? Well, maybe I'll just give one metaphor. So let's say you went to a monastery and you were staying there for a while and they blessed the food. And then one of the monks in your group, he blessed the essential fatty acids within that food so that they would digest better for you. And the other monk would bless the magnesium, and the other monk would bless the uh, interferon in the food, and the other one would bless, you know, so you get the idea. It's just like all these prayers. So instead of just blessing the food and adding a general amount of energy, you have a specific prayer for each nutrient in the food. So... This is going to be a long-term project. There's hundreds and hundreds of nutrients in different types of food. So we will be adding more and more over the next probably, it might take a few years to get everything we can imagine. But it's very exciting. It feels like we're going to a whole new level. We've beta tested it and had some really extraordinary results. Just wow. Very cool. Okay. Looking forward to that. I'm not part of your beta test. So when when this is all turned on right about now, from this point forward, I'm really looking forward to seeing what that feels like Um, because I'm I'm a subscriber too. Now, let's go to the EMF because I did an interview with Melissa Waterman uh, probably six to eight months ago, something like that. And she was using Konstantin Karakov's uh, GDV uh, energy device, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And that reads the energy and shows a printout on it and it i did i just is it gdv or gvd i always screw that up a gdv gdv i did say it right right um it's funny because i've done interviews with constantine on this technology but i always <laughs> always uh, transpose those those letters anyway um what she was specifically looking at was the effect of five a 5G router in the environment. But she was also she's also looked at the general field of EMFs, and it was very interesting because on that particular graph, again, uh, you can go back and watch my previous interview uh, with Melissa Waterman on this. Anybody watching, and see what happened there. Uh, 
it was very clear that the jangliness with this background EMF energy was smoothed out to a very kind of a much calmer uh, background energy. So let's talk about what you're doing with it now, because apparently we have options from our little page as if we're subscribers, we have an option now to play with that as well. And why would you ever want to play with it is the question. Well, yes, on the customer portal for both the free trial and for subscriptions, you can turn on and off the EMF mitigation. And this this EMF mitigation came about because we saw the consciousness-lowering effects of smart meters, new cell towers, you know, powerful routers, uh, that it was really degrading the environment and, and, and causing problems for the people in it. So we we're bringing in the energetic essence of shungite and we have some other methods we're raising the level of consciousness of the emitters themselves so the antennas now are vibrating differently and this mitigation of emfs it's very difficult we haven't found the right meter other than the gdv camera right that shows the difference but a standard meter does not show the difference between right. this harmonized emf and the standard so this this on-off switch is a way for us to use our bodies, our sensitive instrument of our bodies, to feel the difference. And you know, for me, it's the most almost the most profound, even more profound than pushing the boost button, is when I turn off the EMFs, I just feel tension in my bodies. I feel feel it in my muscles. And I think a lot of people live under that tension all the time. You know, they, it's like a level of anxiety. And then when I turn that EMF back on, I just, my shoulders just kind of come back down and I just, it's like I can take a deep breath again. So that's the reason it's there for us to experiment, try it on and off to see how it feels. And, you know, people aren't leaving it off. They're, they're keeping it on, but they, it, it's a way to like, okay, is this working? Let's test it. You know, it's an experimental option. Uh, that makes sense. Also, uh, particularly people living in high density living arrangements, such as in apartment buildings or condominiums where things are closely packed, where you're getting everybody else's EMF, even if you turn yours off, uh, their routers right next door are still zinging through your apartment. So that is important. And I think you're right in that we've become so accustomed to it. We have no idea how much it's it's draining us. So I think that's cool that you put that on so we can do our own testing on it. Uh, because it is rather sensitive in terms of uh, measuring, and at least the GDV can pick that up. I mean, Constantine's technology is pretty amazing. So that takes us to your work with ions, which I talked to you several months ago, and I've been waiting for you to kind of get some of the results on that before we decided to get together and talk again. And now we have a lot to talk about, but let's get into what happened with ions. I, I looked at the report and I have a few bullet points here, but why don't one of you start off with explaining the most profound nature of the experiments with ions. So please set it up. Tell us what you've done with them, why, and then let's talk about what some of the findings were. Well, shall I start? Yeah. So in, in working with ions, we were looking for, like the GDV camera, different ways of, of seeing the effects of the FLFE field, the activation of the field. So in these experiments with them, 
Uh, and this was designed together because they were very interested in what we were doing. And some of the people there had, had tried out the free trial. And so we designed these experiments together to activate the FLFE field, uh, you know, in their facility. And then, you know, look for various effects using different kinds of measuring. So that that's the, the basics. And we have four different experiments with them. Uh, the first two, we have results uh, that we could talk about now. Okay. Uh, which one of you wants to launch in? I'll, I'll tell you a couple of things I pulled from the report that I have here. And it said that there were um, significant differences in the alpha frequency band in all the baseline conditions, which is interesting because that is our kind of intuitive, meditative, that very soft, open space, even somewhat of a, before you get to into Delta and all that, that, even that twilight space a little bit. So let's talk about the significance of that. Well, I can continue on and then Clayton, you could work on the, the other experiment. Um, so this was a uh, EEG brainwave mm -hmm. measuring and EKG uh, heart measuring. So subjects came in, there were 13 different people. They came into the, uh, to the lab there uh, in Ions in Petaluma, California. Uh, and they were all wired up with the, the EEG and the EKG. Um, they took a cognitive test and then the, uh, the, the lab assistant was able, we set it up a way they could turn on FLFE in the uh, experimental room. So they activated the FLFE field. Uh, the person was in the field for about 30 minutes. And then there was a second battery of tests, uh, cognitive tests. Um, and meanwhile, they're measuring um, the brain waves during that time to see what the changes are. So very you know, solid scientific uh, measurement. And what we saw were, uh, as you said, an increase in alpha waves on almost all of the electrodes. Um, and on the website, in our evidence section, you can see the whole study uh, on the website. So, and we were also looking for changes in the cognitive um, tests. And what was seen was an increase in the executive function. So this is in the executive functioning of the brain. Lobes, mm -hmm. beta, beta frequencies normally. Well, it's 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 also problem solving mm -hmm. um, and those kind of you know um, performance on on tests. And in particular, it was when there was interference. So they they set up some kind of cognitive test where there was some other input that was could be distracting. What kind of input? I think it was a, a colors, some colors uh, happening. There's, there's a description in there. And so what happened is the scores were higher um, with the FLFE field um, conditioning of the space, as they call it in the experiment. Um, so that, and it's what we've been saying all along, that there's an increase in focus. Right. With FLFE. So that was that was showing that that was true in this experiment, which is 
a relatively short experiment. 30 minutes is, is relatively short period of time. Right. But if you're bathed in it all the time, theoretically, you should have access to greater focus. Yes. Right. Clayton, um, you said there was another element to this, these tests as well. This was one of four and you're, you have, you've completed two. So what else, what is the other test that you were speaking of? Yeah. There was another test where there was a room in the IONS facility that we uh, were able to delineate and we raised the level of consciousness of that environment like say we started at 500, then we went to 600, and then 800, and then 1,000, and then up and up. And they had random number generators in the room. We wanted to see what happened with the different instrumentation, including random number generators. And Jeff might need to add to this. He's a little more familiar than I am. And what they found was that there was, a, there was an effect on space-time in the environment. Okay, what's, first of all, what's that mean? How did that show up? Okay. Yes. Well, that's maybe where Jeff can add in. They actually called it a ripple in space-time. And what we were looking for, I, I can t- talk about this part, is we were, we were assuming that as the level of consciousness in the room went higher and higher, it would have a linear effect on the random number generators. And what they found was that whenever FLFE was on, it affected this ripple in space-time. And so it wasn't quite, uh, it, it reacted in ways that were interesting to us. So if you can add more about the space-time, Jeff, unless Regina has another question. No, I want to know more about that. Yes. So again, this was occurring in a room in, in an electromagnetically shielded chamber. So it's a big shielded chamber uh, that they have there. Yeah. So what, so with these random number generators, um, they they are collect they're continually spitting out random numbers, and each one of those has multiple channels, and that there was four in the room. So what they look at is what's the pattern. You know they expect totally random, like the normal reaction is there's just totally random. Um, all of things are equally random. So what happened was something unexpected um, during the time of the experiment where there was deviations not not only within one of the quantum number generators, because there's different channels, but also between different number generators. And so what they the way they say that is these are um, both you know, they're both in space and time. Um, and it creates this, what they call entropic ripple in space time. Um, and as the quantum number generators are now not random, but they're sinking in some way where they're, they're generating numbers that are not necessarily random, they look at the pattern of that and say that you know, because it's going across the room between number generators, it's through space. And so it's create, they, they see it as a wave or an kind of entropic wave through space. Um, and that's, so it wasn't like a linear 
relationship that we might expect. And, you know, they brought in like a Star Wars kind of uh, way to think about it, you know, with the force where there's something happening in the force uh, to use that metaphor that's um, showing up. But it's 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 a little difficult to analyze because it's going across space and time. Um, so they're saying that it's that focused consciousness is actually bending or warping space-time in some way. Interesting, because what you kind of generally expect is there would be more coherence in the sequence of numbers generated or something, some kind of pattern like that. But they were seeing the actual streams of numbers syncing up in a way that they that is unusual, that is finding each other through space, so to speak, or resonating through space. Mm-hmm. Because because there's four of these quantum number generators mm-hmm. in in the room, mm-hmm. and there's effects between the, the the number generators. So that was through space, and then it was through time, and in the sense that it's recording data over time and it's extending over some period of time. Okay, so like the question I have here is, um, it's ions. Is Dean Radin involved in this? Yes, Dean Radin uh, wrote did the analysis, wrote the experiment, wrote the, uh, the analysis that's on our website. And also this, this extra, um, you know, description of it where it's kind of, you know, sort of making the metaphor of star Wars and, and, uh, force. Okay. That's very cool. Um, I was with Dean a couple months ago at a conference up in, uh, at the Omega Institute, and he was showing some of his most recent work. And uh, so I'm assuming this study is going to start popping up because as he calls himself a lifelong lab rat, that's what he is. He crunches data. So I'm, I'm actually very impressed that Dean is the one that's doing the analysis on this one. Um, so in practical terms, does the, that because his whole thing has to do with entanglement in the fields of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So does this mean that somehow with fluffy applied and raising the level of consciousness of a field, that it's allowing for a more <clears throat> accessible or more effective kind of entanglement consciously between all of us, all things? What is the implication? Mm. Well, it's it's an interesting question, and and I wouldn't say we we have the answer to it. It's there's there's a correlations that are occurring where before it was independent, and now it is linked together. These tendencies yeah. are there, so that really makes sense that that's the higher consciousness field. And you know, this is one of our interests is. Uh, consciousness research you know what is happening with these fields and how is it affecting you know our our experience of life our experience at the moment um but so they're saying in these warped space-time situations that these dependencies arise and um sort of like buoys in an ocean where you have a movement of a wave and it's kind of moving through the through the space in some way Okay, so we're all going to have to chew on that um, as you and, and Ion's Dean work through this until we have a kind of functional description of what this means for us on a, on a level of connection with one another. And you mentioned that early on, the connection aspect, but it seems to me it, it is pointing toward a connection across time and space. Yes. Yes, and I think part of the reason why we're 
reticent to go into detail that is outside of our our technical understanding, perhaps, is... Beyond your pay grade? <laughs> yeah, well... Um, Unintended consequences? <laughs> yes, we're, we're pretty conservative people. We don't make claims that we can't back up uh, with multiple levels of evidence in the way that we can do it, so we can trust it. And, you know, they've asked us to be really careful about how about what we say and just to respect yeah. their professionalism, which is the, reason, is the reason why we went to them. There's an education here uh, to understand how to explain it. And that's why I was glad that Jeff picked it up because he was involved in creating these experiments more than I was. So it is quite technical and we're going to have to unravel it and unpack it some more so that it becomes something in our vernacular. We have to, we have to grow into those shoes. No, that makes perfect sense. So I take full responsibility. I think Dean was probably alarmed at my loose lips during our conference. We were both presenters. <laughs> I went ahead and said things that people normally wouldn't say, but I find functionally useful. So anyway, don't come after Jeff and Clayton or Dean on this one. It's just me extrapolating what could maybe in our field of possibility be involved here. And so, um, uh, let's uh, let's kind of wrap it up with anything else that's come up since you've last spoken. Any any kind of revelations? Uh, I know you do a lot of little um, a lot of projects that are just pro bono here and there, and you come up with some surprises in the effects from time to time. So, anything else that you need to let us know about before we sign off here? Well, I would just I would just add with this ions real quickly that. In both these cases, the FLFV field was activated there in their facility, and we saw these results. So it's a, it's just another indication. It's another piece of evidence of the FLFV field, you know, actually working. Yeah. So it's it's those things that people look like to wrap their mind around. How does this work? Well, it's, it's just another another evidence of that. Um, That's exciting because the biggest problem you've had is one of perception. It's like, what are you guys doing? I can't see it. You can't really explain it to me technically. And so how do I know? Well, if you're sensitive energetically, it's pretty easy to tell what Fluffy's up to. But if you're not consciously aware of the effects on you, some people are definitely getting the benefit of it, but they don't register the differences in their feeling. I have a friend who, no matter what she does, every single therapy does, says, I don't feel a thing. Well, it's all affecting her, but she's not consciously registering it. So this has been a big deal for you to enter into all of these, these relationships, such as IONS and with the GDV and so forth, to prove anything at all is going on. Otherwise, it's just kind of up for a uh, you know, scratching the head kind of response. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have an ongoing commitment with IONS as well to where they're going to offer a survey to subscribers and track their progress over time, over long periods of time. So that's, we made a long-term commitment to them. And what's interesting about IONS is they are able to compare the results from say the FLFE service to the experience that people would have doing a week-long workshop with a certain facilitator. And so there might be, I don't know what they're doing, but let's imagine they have people that are going through a Joe Dispenda experience and a Bruce Lipton experience, and they have an FLFE experience, and they do a week-long intensive on this. And then you know, we can compare all that data and look for what are people, what's the value people are getting. 
So that's sort of where we're moving is to really explore more of these technologies that you mentioned, Regina, that are able to measure consciousness because the GDV camera was designed to measure subtle energy fields. That's my understanding of it. And so a lot of these other devices were not necessarily intended to measure those fields in the subtle ways that that was designed for. So there is an emerging field of uh, emerging field of, of measuring consciousness. There's new devices, new technologies, new interpretations, and it's exciting to be part of it. It's exciting to be alive right now. I love the fact all of this even exists. So, all right, guys. Well, I'm glad we had a chance to catch up again. As you know, I love you as always. And you can tell Clayton's from Canada up there. He's saying progress, right? (laughs) 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 So anyway, guys, thanks again. And we'll do another update uh, as more of the experiments are completed with ions. You know, we'll do a little update here and there. So again, I love what you do. I appreciate it. And the people that I know that are um, members of this are all loving it too. So good on you for bringing an old technology back into the new. (laughs) Thank you, Regina. It's great to be with you. (laughs) So everybody, until next time, um, go ahead and check out the the link. There's flfe.net and you can look into their work and um, it has all the different studies up there. It has different Uh, ways to subscribe to the service if you're interested in that and educate yourself at the same time. So until next time, thank you for joining us here on ReginaMeredith.com.